This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Well, this is Prime Time on Money FM 89.3. It's time for Spot On, where we collaborate with our ST Sports Desk, a podcast, a game of uh, two halves. Well, I'm Bernard Lim, and with me are my colleagues from The Straits Times, Assistant Sports Editor uh, Rohit Bridgenath, uh, and Sports Correspondent David Lee. Hello, gentlemen. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Bernard. Hey, good to be here. <laughs> well, today in the, in the first half of the show, we're going to lay down the ground rules, and we're going to talk about discipline at home and the international football fronts as well. Now, last week, National defender uh, Shakir Hamza was uh, dropped by the national football coach uh, Tetsuma Yoshida for a friendly against uh, Qatar and tomorrow's World Cup qualifier against Yemen as well for, for missing a training session earlier. And this is around the same time when the England manager Gareth uh, Southgate dropped uh, Raheem Sterling uh, for picking a fight with international teammate Joe Gomez during training. So David, what are your, what are your thoughts about both decisions, both discipline decisions? Right, I think uh, Yoshida and Southgate got him spot on. Now, I'm, I'm willing to give Shake the benefit of the doubt. You know, he missed the training session. He might have had a valid reason. But the issue here is, is not communicating with the team officials why he needed time off mm-hmm. uh, and taking matter in, into his own hands. Similarly for Sterling, you know, I, I read a commentary that felt he's being punished and publicly castigated by the England team for being emotional, you know, when, when he tried to pick a fight with Joe Gomez. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think so, you know. His, his fault was not being emotional. If, if Sterling had shown, you know, the, the passion and emotion during the, the Liverpool and Man City game, mm-hmm. that could have passed as acceptable. But this was a couple of days later, picking on picking a fight with, with someone who is now your international teammate. <laughs> you know, so in both situations, what would the players think, you know, if, if the incidents were swept under the carpet? Mm. You know, that, that it is okay to take matter into your own hands and, and act willfully? Surely that must not be the case. So I, I thought both Yoshida and Southgate made big calls, but the right decisions. Well, I first read the story I, I, about Sterling and, and Gomez. I, I also thought about the Liverpool-Man City rivalry, I thought. Yeah. Because uh, they're always they're all competing very closely, you know, especially that, that the weekend game that we saw. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think that you know we are living in uh, generations of player power. Mm. I mean, mm. players are so big; it's unbelievable. And I feel that you know, if you want to manage a team, you've got to draw a line. And I, I think that you know, discipline is a non-negotiable thing. Yeah, passion is fine, and emotion, and all these things that we keep saying. But I think that. Discipline is key. You know, the same rule has to, apply, has to apply to everybody. It's the only way you're going to have order in a team. And especially for teams, and, and I, I would looking at, you know, the Singapore team or whatever, teams which are not particularly, let's say, great or don't have that many great players or mm-hmm. whatever, then you've got to be even probably more disciplined. You've mm-hmm. got to do everything, all the small things really well to mm-hmm. make a big impact. Right. So I think that's really important. I also think generally, I mean, I feel that fining for me is a good thing, mm. you know, because I think like fining sometimes in some places, fining hurts more, mm. in the other places, a yeah. ban on, <laughs> so it depends on place it's, to place, you the know, rich I think maybe hurts, in England, yeah. a fine means nothing, yeah, that's maybe true. in Singapore, a fine would mean, mean something, bit, yeah, yeah. and uh, so look, we don't want to be overly harsh or whatever, but you got to make a point, and I think that a coach, you know, coaches are, you know, players all over the world, you know, players want, you know, they get upset with a coach, they want to remove him, they start whining. 
But you got to give the coach the authority to lose. Sort I, of I think it's it's interesting that Rohit brought up the the, the matter of fines. Mm-hmm. You know, in the same week as these two incidents happened, you know, in the same week we saw a list of fines uh, from Chelsea football clubs circulating on social media. You know, the mm-hmm. fines range from five hundred pounds for every minute you, that you're late for team meetings to twenty thousand pounds wow. for, for being late for the start of training. Twenty thousand pounds. You know, that wow. that's a fortune to us, but you know, probably lose change to to the players. I think what these shows. Is that disciplinary issues exist not just in in amateur teams, you know, or, or lower ranked teams, mm. but also at world class professional clubs? If not, why would that be a need to have this list endorsed by the Chelsea manager Frank Frank Lampard, right? Mm. So mm. I, I hearing what you guys said, you, so we all agree that exceptions should not be made. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> you know, a tough one. Eh? Some, somebody, some, I think you could so say somebody suddenly, you know, his wife is not expected to have a baby. His wife suddenly has a baby. He can't make it for practice. Is one thing, you know. Right. But you can communicate, right? Right. Things happen. Sometimes people can't make it to practice. Something goes wrong. Your mm-hmm. car breaks down. All sorts of things are possible, right? Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, you live in a modern world. You have a phone. You know, you, you can communicate. You have to do... Part of discipline is showing respect for your teammates. Correct. You know? I remember right. a cricket captain of India once telling me that, that the guy who came late for bus for the bus in the morning, right. he's showing disrespect to his team. Right. That's what he's doing. He's making everybody else wait. Right. And that's not fair. So maybe you can't have a proper practice because one guy is missing in defense or an attack. Mm. So I think that's also a way to look at it. And I like teams who have leadership groups mm-hmm. wherein the players themselves find other players. And, you know, so, you, you know, they, 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 they put the discipline in place themselves, you know, and the coach says, what do you want? And they say, look, this is the type of system we want. Mm-hmm. I like that because that's taking ownership of your team. Yeah, mm-hmm. But some, some people would say that, you know, exceptions should be made for exceptional players. <laughs> I think of the example of how Sir Alex Ferguson le- used to give plenty of leeway to players like Eric Cantona yeah. right. and Cristiano Ronaldo mm-hmm. and they repaid him by leading the teams to, to so many trophies mm-hmm. but I just feel you know there's this this danger of, of upsetting the, the dressing room with the double standards mm-hmm. players should be counselled not condemned right away but mm-hmm. you know like Rohit said discipline and De- Decorum must be the pillars of any team that yeah, wants but to be I, successful I think Alex Ferguson I remember once with Cantona Cantona was wearing the wrong clothes at a function <laughs> and he didn't say anything to him but I, I'm sure even with Cantona there was a line that you know he'd go this far with him and maybe not that far mm. or whatever mm-hmm. but yeah I mean that's an old thing you know Do you would you make an exception for Lionel Messi yeah, you would say probably <laughs> here and there, but as long as it didn't become a pattern, right? Because right. if it becomes, you know, if Messi's late once, you might say, okay, man, <laughs> for you might let him go. But if he did it five, ten times, then of course he's just ruining the team culture. Well, you're listening to uh, Spot On here, Money FM eighty nine point three, together with the Straits Times, a game of two halves, a podcast. You can listen to us live right here, Money FM eighty nine point three, from five fifteen p.m. on Monday, or you can subscribe to a game of two halves on the Apple Podcasts. Uh, Google Podcasts or Spotify and like us and give us a rating as well. Now, back to the second half of our conversation with our ST Sports uh, podcasters. We're over in London. Big news yesterday. Stefanos Sissipas won the ATP Finals in London after beating Dominic Thiem uh, 6-7, 6-2, 7-6. Rohit, you're, you're a big tennis fan. How important is this victory for Sissipas. Yeah, I think I think really really big. I think he's uh, he's, he's he's very young. Uh, you don't uh, usually nowadays find players 
so young doing great things. Uh, he's 21, which is really young in tennis. I mean, I mm-hmm. think the days of Boris Becker at 17 winning stuff have all gone because mm-hmm. physically, I don't think players are going to be ready as teenagers mm-hmm. for the hard grind of, of, of what modern tennis is. So I think it's a huge... I think all players want to do, you know, there are stages you have to go through. You know, you have to win certain levels of tournaments. You need to beat certain types of players, you know. So I think he did a couple of things at this tournament, you know. First is, of course, he won it. So it's the biggest tournament that he's ever won. Mm -hmm. So at a big stage, you need to show that you have the nerve to do it. And I think that's very important. He beat Federer, which I thought was very important because Federer is an emotional favorite everywhere he goes. So Mm. sometimes you're not just beating Federer, you're beating the legend, Mm. you're beating the crowd, you're beating the occasion, you're doing all those things. So that's also an examination. Mm -hmm. And I think he did all those things well. And these young guys, I think what I find fascinating about them is the team and uh, and Sissipas, for example, in the final. My God, they just hit the ball, you know, they're not hitting it, they're like murdering it, you know, (laughs) it's just, they have no, they're not hesitant at all, you know, they just go for it, you Mm. know. And I think when you play at that level of high risk, sometimes you can make a lot of errors at times, but at, the, but at times when it works, it is phenomenal to watch. And the speed, and I think what happened, you can make out when Sissipas was playing Federer in the semis that he was just operating in a slightly different speed mm. than Federer. And to be fair, Federer is 17 years older than older. him. Yeah. So I think it showed a little bit. Okay. Well, you mentioned uh, a team as well. So obviously, a team and Sissipas were battling out in the finals. And in fact, none of the big three, I mean, we have talked about Federal, uh, Djokovic and Nadal made it into the finals. So so is that an optimist uh, sign for, for 2020? So I think it's a very exciting sign for right. 2020. I right. mean, one of the things is that, you know, there's uh, in sport, you want the romance of the old guys, you know, who've been hanging on and you yet you want renewal. So you want these two things all at once. I think the old guys won all the majors this year, right? You know, two to Djokovic, two to Nadal, right? Uh, six out of the eight finalists in the Grand Slams were the old guys. So the old guys still rule the game, but you can see these young guys slowly making inroads into the game. Mm-hmm. You know, that I mean, team beat Djokovic. In London, Sissipas beat Fetra, mm. Zverev beat Nadal. Mm. So there are these wins coming up slowly. You know, obviously you need to do it at the Grand Slam. So I'm actually, when I was writing my column, I'm saying that I want to just fast forward through December and go straight <laughs> to January in the Australian <laughs> Open because it's going to be fantastic. Right. Because eventually, okay, so Federer is different because Federer is 38. So he definitely is, you can see his game flickers, you know, it comes to life and mm. then, you know, it sort of gets it's a little subdued. So I think Federer's finding having a bit of a consistency problem. Nadal's issue is always his body. I mean, when his body is okay, he's, he's, he's brilliant. Djokovic at the moment is a bit of an enigma. So you have these three old guys who are who are won, I think, 55 Grand Slams between them and you have mm. these young guys who have zero. Mm. So it's basically, it's four young guys, mm. Medvedev, uh, Zverev, Team, and Sissipas yeah. against so four against three pensioners, <laughs> which sounds like a fair fight. <laughs> okay, because those three guys are so good. Yeah, right. So, so I think it's going to be an unbelievable year. Right. And do, do you th- do you say that the game is is in good hands going forward? I think the g- the the game first has to change hands. So <laughs> I'm not going to say that those guys have the game yet, the young guys. But um, I think that they are very exciting. Mm. Right. It's. Almost impossible to compare them to Federer, Nadal and Djokovic because mm. they are the greatest generation in tennis by such a large margin that mm. it's almost ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Though there was a generation of the Australians in the 1950s who were also fantastic. But I think you've got to take people 
you know, for who they are. Mm. And, you know, uh, what's interesting for me is that all these guys are European, you know. Uh, Medvedev is from Russia. Mm. Zverev is from Germany. Uh, uh, Thiem is from Austria. Sisipas and Sisipas is from Greek. Yeah. And I'm thinking, does any other continent play tennis? <laughs> because, 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 you know, these other three guys are also right. uh, European, you know, Federer, right. Nadal and Djokovic. So it's just like a intra-European <laughs> tussle going on at the moment. Okay, very quickly, let's squeeze in a very last question for today. On world-class action, the Seamaster uh, T2 Diamond Tournament takes place at our Tampines Hub uh, from Thursday to Sunday this week, featuring the world's top table tennis players. Very quickly, tell us, why should fans uh, turn up for this event? Okay, be- because it's not every day that you, you get you know all these world-class paddlers turning up on, on your shores showcasing their abilities uh, in the flesh you get to watch them in the flesh mm. and, and these are players in the world's top 10 you know we have, mm. you, you talk about generations in, in tennis the, these are the legendary table tennis players from China players like Ma Long Xu Xing you know Ding Ning mm-hmm. uh, and, and even you know the, the next generation of, of wonder kids from Japan and, and even Taiwan such as Mima Ito Miu Hirano Tomakatsu Harimoto and Li Yunji you don't have to wait until next year's Olympics to, to watch them you know they they are turning up at Tampines. You know, how, how, how more convenient do you, do you want them uh, to, 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 to make it for you? And if I can make a quick point, I, I really believe that if we have to build a sports culture here in Singapore, mm-hmm. we've got to go and watch sport. Mm. You know, just wander down to these places. They're not always expensive to watch or anything like that. Mm. Cheer for people. And live sport... Seen from close up has as different energy and beauty to it. Than watching it on the television. Absolutely, it, yeah. no question about it. Right, and, yeah. and also a shout out to our very own uh, players, you know, Feng Tianwei, Yu mm-hmm. Yu, and Clarence Chu are also featured uh, in this tournament. So, you know, it's the school holidays. Parents who, who want their children to pick up a sport, you know, even to learn some of its positive values, should, should definitely head down to watch the T2 Diamond Tournament. Yeah, nothing like giving local players, you know, your support. You know, they, people mm-hmm. always play better when they have support. You Absolutely. know, it's the best gift you can give a player is presence is your presence wow well said Rohit well said there goes the final whistle for our sports discussion this week we hope you really enjoyed listening to us thank you very much Rohit uh, uh, Bridgenath and also uh, David Lee thank you for coming into the studio today thanks yeah, good to be here that was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times find us on Spotify Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home do feedback to us at podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times and The Business Times online.